Hey, welcome in. Welcome in to episode 58 of the Oh No Disc Golf podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm joined, as always, with my best friend in the entire world, Mr. Eric Wolverton. Hey, episode 58. I'm Eric, by the way. If this is your first time here, welcome in. This is the Oh No Disc Golf podcast. We do silly things and talk about disc golf. If you've been here before, you're a beautiful fucking person, and you already know what's going on. Eric, what is your random tangent of the day? Less of a tangent and more of a warning. We're doing a morning episode, so I'm jacked up on coffee. I drank far too much coffee, and I am ready to go. I'm pretty excited, too. I don't know if you noticed from the intro. Look out for for us. We're uh, a little bit of energy today. Watch out. You gotta stay on your toes. No, it should make for a good episode. Can't get much weirder than we've been in past episodes, so. We've only ever done, like, two morning episodes, and they were fantastic, so. Was one of them, yo, yo, it's your boy? I feel like one has to be. Yo, 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 it's your boy! (laughs) That is our, uh, most listened to episode, and I think it's probably one of Kyle's least favorite. I hate it. And I hate the title. I hate everything about it. But it did well. And it still is just, it still is like climbing farther and farther away from the rest of our episodes. What episode is that? Go Tell tell the people so they can go listen to it. It's Yo-Yo, It's Your Boy, and it is episode number 21. So 37 episodes ago? I don't remember what's on that episode at all. Go uh, resistant Discs Open. We talk about the Utah Open. And breakfast foods, to talk about the top five breakfast foods, that'd be good for disc golf. That was a good idea. Yeah, that's why it had to have been a morning one. We were talking about breakfast foods. Oh, no, this one was uh, our top five was the top five hypothetical oh no moments on the disc golf course where you talked about dying a lot. So that must have been what everybody liked. All right. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting dark here. Yeah, apparently. All right, enough. Enough about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's move past the tangent. <laughs> Forgot that that's just the tangent. That's just the start. We have plenty more we have to come. A lot of, uh, yeah, an episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. If you could, I know it's early in the episode, but if you could rate us or subscribe or whatever you can do on your service, do it, please. Head on over to frictiongloves.com. Use the code ONO20 to get 20% off. They have specifically made disc golf gloves. These are made to throw in either cold weather or warm weather. They have both versions of the gloves. They're fantastic, consistent. If you've been searching for something different, try these gloves. Get 20% off. Our store sponsor this year is DiscBaron.com. That's DiscBaron.com. Use code ONO10 to get 10% off anything you need from a disc golf accessory or discs standpoint go go there go get it use our code 10% off our merch is over at teespring.com backslash stores backslash oh no disc golf it's a teespring store we have a bunch of definitely um you know i made all the merch like how many months ago was that december and then i literally have not looked at it (laughs) one time haven't looked at it once until yesterday i was like whoa Holy cow, you went hard, kid. Yep. I know, I had to tell you to stop. (laughs) 
So if you're looking for any kind of merch, just just so you know, it, there's there's some interesting merch going on over there. If you like weird merch, oh no gets you free shipping if you'd like to use that code OHNO. And that's our personal stuff that we made. So the socks are sweet. I'm guessing you probably have social media because everyone does. You can follow us anywhere you are. Add on a disc golf. That would be fantastic. Now back to the show. We have a wonderful episode 58 for you today where we talk about where what disc golf would be without the pandemic. The Memorial Championship that just took place in Arizona. And if you didn't know, Kyle's a history buff, and he's going to tell me the top five presidents who would be good at disc golf, because I'm not a history guy. Everyone knows that disc golf grew exponentially during the lockdown. Is exponentially the right word, or is that too big? And you said it correctly, too. Very proud of you. Nice. And then second guess. But it was already growing before the pandemic for the lockdowns so i'm just just curious i want to get kyle's thoughts and anyone who wants to chime in on this please please send us a message I'm curious how big it would have gotten without without the lockdowns would we be doing a disc golf podcast without the lockdowns i think yes i think yes for sure because it wasn't even the lockdown that started it for us. It was Kyle right. moving to Colorado. True story. Because then we didn't have time to hang out with each other and talk disc golf. So we just did it on the phone. So I feel like we'd still be doing this. Yep. It, it was the same thing. It was just we didn't record it. Yeah. Yep. How many less people would be disc golfing without the lockdown? Kyle, questions for you. I think it still would have been growing. But definitely not as exponentially think like half as many maybe even less because dude it just the tidal wave was just from the amount of people that were like just stuck and had free time like what i i think that was it was literally a golden opportunity the timing of it was insane right yeah because it was already i mean it's been one of the fastest growing sports already and like yeah shut down the pro tour and stuff for a bit yeah it was only like what two or three months before they came back with like a bunch of modified yeah just guidelines for them to follow i mean the only thing i think it really the only thing the pandemic slowed down as far as disc golf goes is traveling to different countries to play i mean yeah it shut it down for like two or three months but it wasn't for very long Braden said it best that really it's like you want to go to the u.s anyway well, that's what I'm saying. It stopped, you know, it stopped the Europeans from coming over here. Is the, that's true? Yeah, you know, we didn't get to see the Europeans. We didn't get to see uh, Jackie Chen. Um, who else? Other other players. Tatar. Tatar. Linus. I think. Yeah, I think probably if we cut the growth down to let's say 100 percent of the growth, I think a quarter of the people would have continued like a quarter percentage of that would have continued to find disc golf and play it as like a serious serious sport i totally agree it still would have been really small i don't know yeah it would have been really small but it still would have been talked about like this big thing because because of how the sport's growing what we talked just in people we've interviewed we interviewed eric strange right he started during the pandemic yep and he started like a youtube channel based around just the denver disc golf area and you know yep. other social medias, and then we interviewed uh, the guys who started Tornado Throw, and they found disc golf during the pandemic, and they started a whole 
this company. <laughs> so yeah, the amount of people who like saw it and were like, "Oh, and it's exploding!" What? Mm-hmm. People like that as as an opportunity. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd have to do more research on this, so I don't want to put any any numbers in concrete. But I think of I can think of like three or four more disc companies too that started either over the pandemic or right around that time. So, which, you know, they're still not obviously the most popular companies, but they're doing something in the disc golf world. I actually just read an article about how so many of the podcasts that were started at the beginning or like during the pandemic are now finally like dropping off and like stopping. Oh, like slowing down, like they went back to normal life. Yeah, so then they can't make their podcasts anymore. Oh, sad. But, like, yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Like, the number of stagnant podcasts was, like, huge percentage increase this... Are you just talking about podcasts overall or specifically disc golf? Not just disc golf podcasts, but just podcasts overall. I would assume it is every... With with number, the number, it was, like, 40% decrease, dude. It was, like insane how much like the active ones went down just this past little bit right that this does not fit into our topic at all random tangent alert after the lockdown things got lessened or not completely lifted but easier to work around i think they put in 5.8 courses per day in the u.s now i feel like that's wrong because that sounds way extreme no i think i don't know if that sounds extreme they just posted it on udisc the last thing that I heard, but that was like a year ago, was that it was like they were putting a disc golf course in as fast as their regular golf courses were being shut down. 5.2 courses per day in the U.S. It's a 50% increase from 2020. So that's huge. Huge. Insane. Stonks. Oh, and then, so the other thing wanted to bring up without the lockdown would there be as big of contract changes because this over this last year we've seen probably the biggest contract changes since ricky leaving latitude and going to innova and Macbeth leaving innova and going to discraft i think those were like the two biggest contracts changes up until last year and now it was like there's a lot of them yeah, it was insane, and it had to yeah. just a lot of companies had extra money, and you know wanted to have some some top level also, players. Also, the contracts for disc golf were just not really set up to like hold players for a long time. Yeah, like others, like other sports. Yeah, it was very like, uh, yeah, we'll we'll give you money to play disc golf. Come on over, <laughs> right. Yeah, but now now they have agents. Each disc golfer has their own agents. And right, just, you can't just, like, spit and shake anymore. Yep, all kinds of crazy stuff, so, yep. Well, you, you had more questions off of the initial question, didn't you? Yeah, so where would disc golf be for you without the pandemic? Because, oh, like, wow. we, we played a lot, but not nearly as much as when you were planning to go to Colorado, but then had to stop because of the pandemic and that's when we like really we tried to fit in like around every morning or quickly before nighttime every day yeah we tried to fit like one round in as many as many days possible 
where we just you we know, we yeah because we knew I was gonna move and we were like well we're gonna play as and, and see each other as much as we can. <laughs> yep. From 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 afar though we we were safe. Yeah. No, we were super safe. Uh, but it was like still wanted to hang out. Yeah, for sure. But it definitely would have been different, dude. I don't even the trajectory would be so different for me personally because. I just don't even know. I had to like move and then I moved again and there's just a lot going on there. So it would have probably definitely been a bit different, but, uh, but I still definitely would have made it here and played a lot of disc golf here, but I don't know if I would have probably, I probably would have moved earlier, like to here and we wouldn't have got that time. Right. Where we got obsessed, obsessed a good word. So I think it is. Okay, obsessed with the sport. Um, I, well, I think it's funny because, so we, you know, we started off kind of just frolfing, I like to call it. I've heard it in, in another another show where we weren't playing, like we were playing disc golf, but we were going out for more of the, like the friendship and the, we weren't focused on scoring. We just didn't want to lose discs. For sure. I was just going out there to chuck it. Yeah. Like we often wouldn't even like, you know, we wouldn't often finish holes. We just pick up our disc and move on to the next hole because we were just out there for fun. Didn't use use disc. Yeah. Yep. So, so we started off frolfing, and then when we transitioned into like full on like disc golfing, always using U disc, always keeping scores, we kind of took a step back during the lockdown because we build courses at like Kyle's parents' house, my parents' house, just to have something to play, you know, so we could fit like three or five holes in before Kyle had to go back or whatever. And uh, I think that started to develop our interest in like building courses. So it almost became what we were doing way back when, but we started to look at it as more of a serious, serious thing that makes sense. Right. Instead of just throwing plastic in the woods, we were Mm -hmm. playing a sport that you can build a course and you can really uh it's a hobby that has a lot of avenues for anything yeah whatever whatever you want to do anything you can dream about doing in disc golf it's it's a possibility for you so and it's still like there's still room and in like a different way than like i don't know name a sport like Regular golf, like I, I don't know, court, like you don't go onto a golf course and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna design this." Like, I don't know. It's one for golf is you need three times as much room as you need for a disc golf course, and you have to destroy the yeah the local the local area environment. Yep. So and then the local course, Cass City, that I frequently play at was just a nine hole before the lockdown and then they turned it into an 18 kind of not like mid lockdown but it was like toward the end i think right yeah it was like towards the end of like the initial lockdown and then you know there are still like regulations to follow but it was much much more loosened so we've seen you know a local course that really didn't get a ton of attention get more attention than we've probably seen it in years which was awesome and it allowed me the avenue to start chatting with people, creating the league or starting the league. Play allowed me to play my first tournament ever, 
So I'm sure, you know, that's just like a small, very small portion of, of what I've seen. So I'm sure if you look worldwide, even just countrywide, you've seen a lot more of that, of courses that people knew about, but nobody ever paid half a cent of attention to. I don't know where I was going with this. Did I get my point across? I have no idea. I don't know what your point was. Yes. I mean, I just, I feel like it just breathed life into these courses that probably half of the world didn't even know existed. Gotcha. Like, Pan- yeah. Without the lockdown, it definitely wouldn't have happened as much probably. Yeah. Cause pre lockdown, I, you know, I've played disc golf before, obviously pre lockdown. I, I mean, I think I threw my first like disc golf frisbee when I was, I'm going to say 14, maybe didn't like, didn't pick it up at all. We were just at a campground that had it. But I remember even in like cross country and junior high and high school running across them and not knowing what the hell it is. And I'm sure there was even more of that. But now I think people see it and and know more what it is. I mean, there's still like the group of people that will won't have any idea. But it's definitely become more of a real sport over just the past two years. More known, more well known. So yeah. it's a real sport. <laughs> real. So we've seen the sport grow so much and honestly this is this is not a question that we can just sit here and answer we're just giving you our thoughts on it and i think main most of our thoughts are just it would have grown really well but but not as much <laughs> yeah not not even close to as much and it's still yeah. it, like if if we just got that small bit of growth that we didn't get without the lockdown it still would be talked about like it was the craziest thing to happen to the sport because of how it is growing but this just like hit the fast forward button on the growth. It would have been like you know the t- lockdown like multiplied things by like four. You know <laughs> everything, the amount of discs they were selling, the amount of people who were watching Jomez and everything, the amount of like every, all of the things were multiplied yeah, by the four. Amount of money that's in the sport times four, yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's that's about it, I think. That that's that's a good way to wrap it up is right there because I feel like I could just keep going on and on and forever of coming up with more hypothetical questions about what would be happening to the sport right now. So time to move on. <laughs> Eric, what happened at the Memorial Championship? Well, since we were talking about people who've been in the sport forever, way before the lockdown, I want to give a quick shout out to Terry, the disc golf guy, for putting out all this coverage. He put out two round one cards from MPO and one FPO coverage for all all four rounds and then it was only two cards for the first round doing work yeah i mean and he was like running around i think the whole day you know kind of just getting you know he has a team that works with him but he couldn't do it all by himself but that's how i hear he started is he used to literally just be at tournaments recording with one camera uploading it to youtube and just running with it. So thank you, Terry. You're the man. I almost called him Terry Cruz. Hey, that's like, you know, we all start somewhere. We started with you on a fucking headset. We yeah. get it. Right. Well, that's, that, I mean, that's just really cool to like be doing it for this long. And now he's got like a full team that he can put out that many cards. And he gets them out the next day, too. It's not like it takes him you know, a week to put it out or something. He gets it all out the next day. And if you don't watch any of the disc golf guy and you're getting into the sport, I highly suggest checking out his stuff. When he is alone on it, he talks a lot about like the the rules of disc golf, what the circle is, 
what a drop zone is, you know, like a lot of the simple stuff that maybe people like me and Kyle kind of take, like, you know, know automatically. He does a good job of explaining it and they are pretty short. They're only about like 20 to 30 minutes. So sometimes watching like full coverage, live coverage is a little bit long for someone who's not addicted to the sport. So you get to watch all all the cool shots without having to watch it for what, like eight hours, four hours, probably. I think four hours is usually what a live coverage lasts. Anyway, enough of that. FPO just did Kyle's favorite thing and rubbed my hands together. <laughs> FPO Gross. was an absolute roller coaster ride. <laughs> I couldn't think of a word. Kristen Tatar shooting a lot of hot rounds and then following it up with a lackluster round. So it was it was exciting to watch. We got to see Kristen and Evelina and Henna all become kind of a little bit more comfortable with being in the States. One thing I did notice is Evelina was pretty rushy. And I think maybe that's just her game in general. But like as soon as she step ups to the putt, she's putting right away. So I don't know if maybe that is a sign of not being comfortable or still figuring it out. But she looked she looked comfortable round one. Could just be her style. Yeah, that's the, I haven't, I guess, watched enough to know if that's how she how she does it. So last year's champion finishing at third, Own Scoggins at four under. We had Jennifer Allen, who played amazingly, finishing second at five under. And Kristen Tatar taking home the win at eight under, including 2,000 plus rated rounds. So she's obviously pretty comfortable. And... The courses for Memorial are fairly easy, but, you know, you still have to shoot well, obviously. Quote-unquote easy. MPO was more of a, less of a roller coaster. A little bit of a roller coaster. More like two big ups and then one big down. But we had Aaron Gusage. I'm sorry if I butchered that last name. I heard so much on coverage and I thought I'd remember it. He came in third at 35 under and he shot two 1050 plus rated rounds. He's, I think, 1019 rated. No, he shot 1050 plus rated rounds, all four rounds. So he definitely came to play. He is a Colorado native. I think we seen him last year was like his first like big breakout performance. So pretty excited to see. Let's get him on the podcast. Him improve on that. We'll talk to him. He's, he's a Colorado guy, just like you. You guys are Colorado people. I'm not good at initiating conversations. You know that. All right. I say, hey, my friend Kyle lives in Colorado. He wants to talk to you. There you and go. Then you... <laughs> and then I'll t- and then force me to talk to him. Then I'll talk to him. Cool. Um, and then local dude A B Anthony Brella shot a came in second at thirty seven under, almost taking it away from Paul Macbeth in the final round, where Paul Macbeth won at forty under, and he shot a eleven oh eight rated round to start his season, sixteen under at the Memorial. Which is insane. So, I didn't even know that that was possible. The highest rated round ever, I looked this up because me and Kyle were talking about it earlier, is 1132, and that is a 17 under at Fountain Hills. So, only one stroke is a 24 round, 24 point difference. I mean, I guess it all depends on what other people shot that day. But And Memorial used to be, I think, quite a bit bigger of a venue. I think what made it kind of step away from the pro tour is it's harder to control the audience there. So it's harder for like the pro tour to make money off of ticket sales and stuff like that because it's a public park. So then there's like constant people just like walking 
walking through the park and stuff like that. So they can't close it. I mean, I, maybe it's just too much of a hassle. I, I really don't know. They probably could. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's, it's a huge, you know, had some of the best players there. It had Paul Macbeth. It had AB. It had Adam Hammes. It, Andrew Marweed was there. Um, you know, it had tons of big players, but just not as big as I always remember it being. But I, I think it's cool That's that what way she because said. It, <laughs> it introduced a lot of it introduces a lot of people to the professional side of sports or professional side of the sport you know people happen to be going to the park for the day anyway it's not like they're walking in the way you know they mostly stay on the walking path and you know there's already like a crowd there so they kind of walk around those parts but they get to see the fir- their first introduction to the sport is watching you know Anthony Brellish throwing 500 feet that's so different than like when people like to lay down at Stonegate, like right in the <laughs> right fairway. In fairway. Yeah, it's like your introduction to the sport is going to be a disc to the fucking head. <laughs> that that was only thrown 150 feet to begin with. <laughs> Maybe like 80. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I've I've been to a couple parks around Michigan like that. Yeah, where people are just like, oh yeah, it's cool. We'll hang out here. No, I <laughs> dude. One time I I told uh, this lady I was like, "This is a hey, just so you know, like I'm not I didn't throw on you, but like you know, it's a course. Someone's not like, gonna, somebody not take somebody might shit. yeah, like somebody might throw on you just so you're aware." She's like, "Thank you," and just kept laying there. Didn't 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 pay attention at all to like anything. Still, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, which uh, we have this for every Sunday before leagues when I get there. We have this little old lady. I can't remember her name. Nicest little old lady. She always comes and she walks her dog. And she always asks how long she has until leagues start. So she can make sure the dog, you know, gets done and and comes out. And she's just like the nicest lady I ever met, probably, you know. And she joined our Facebook group so she could keep an eye on when leagues will be. So that she can come to the park when it's not. Which is super super nice. So shout out. Whatever your name is. <laughs> Not that you're going to listen, but, but she anyway. Could. Oh, dude, I just had a terrible idea. Do you want to hear it? Yes. You could turn. Hear it too. You could turn the. Okay. It's a, maybe. Maybe for the podcast. You could turn the. You know, there's that swastika that we turn into a box at mm-hmm. Cass City. You could turn that into a QR code. Oh, my God. <laughs> So that then that horrible would, idea. So then that would get sent to our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, uh-huh. you can. You, I don't know if I could carve a QR code. I think you could be the first one to do it. I don't think I could. Maybe I'd need to get like a laser engraver or something. We could figure this out. Yep. Anyway. One of my favorite tournaments. Do you have a swastika on your tree? Let me turn it into a QR code. (laughs) There we go. That's how we can make our... We're going to make billions, Eric. Claim our our name. Name the fame is... uh, We'll find all the courses that have swastikas carved into trees, and we'll turn them into ads for our podcast. moving, Moving on. Coming up in two days, Friday the 11th, it is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Thank Kyle. It's one of Kyle's, but he just likes any any live disc golf, so it's hard to tell. Waco, the Waco Annual Charity Open, which is, its name is an anagram for itself, which is always kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Anagram's the right word, right? I believe so. 
Okay, cool. Last year, Kona Panis and Nico LaCastro took home the win. So I enjoy it because it kind of gives, it's it's a chance for anyone to win. You know, Kona had a good year last year, but I don't think anyone expected her to. I don't think anyone would have bet on her to win it, win it last year. And then I don't think anyone would bet on Nico except for maybe that one episode Kyle was obsessed with him. But we don't talk yep. about that. That's in a box. Um, right. So the... <laughs> That's in a box. <laughs> the hot round shot for last year was Gavin Rathbun is kind of his big breakout performance. Shot an 11 under day one. And then Owen Scoggins shot an eight under on the final day. So... We're going to pick our hot rounds really quick, and then we'll get to a very fun top five. I am going with, for the weekend hot round, um, I think he's going to continue his heater that he shot at Memorial, and I'm going with Paul Macbeth shooting in 11 un- or 13 under. I'm going to go with Ricky Wysocki, 14 under. Was that your plan to pick from the beginning? Ricky Wysocki, and then I just went one lower than you to keep it competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Kyle's got quite the substantial lead on me, just like he did have last year. I don't know so how I, gotta, I do that. I got to pull something out of my ass, and he just ha- he if he wants to, he can just play the safe game. But I think I made fun of him a lot for it last year for playing the safe game. It's really the smart way to do it, but I don't play it safe. And then I'll pick Cat because we severely underestimated her this past two weekends ago. And I think she's gonna shoot a. I think she's gonna shoot an eight under to. Ooh. Hi. Ooh, Jessica Weiss. I dig it. Oh god, I did Eric, it. Eric, get out of here! <laughs> I can't help Fucking it. Fucking ruined it. Ruined it. Can't help it. I picked Jessica Weiss. I went nine under. Spoiled. He's really, he's really playing, playing it close to his. Close to the chest, is that what that's called? Don't get me wrong, I like Jessica Weiss. I just, it's kind of like, I mean, he took, I think he took my advice from saying no one expected Kona Panis to win it last year. I'm going with uh, left field. Just, I don't think she's going to win, but I think, you know, she's going to definitely have the hottest round of the weekend. I dig it. All right, now we're going to pick our Friday hot round, so we can't forget when Friday comes, I'm taking, I'm going to take Kyle Klein. And I'm going to think he's going to shoot a nine under. I love it. Good job. I'm going to go with my, my who I think I'm going to do the hot round of the weekend, which is what I thought you would do. I'm going to go with Ricky. I'm going to go with 11 under. Nice. All right. And then for FPO side, we're going to run, I think, Paige Pierce. Going really, uh, what's that called? What do you call it? Just picking the best players Chalk. in the game. Chalky. Yep, Chalky. No risk, no risks on my side because I have points I need to make up, a lot of them, and I think she's gonna shoot a negative five. And I guess I didn't. Oh my god! I just gotta have to like tie my hands behind my back. Conapanis negative six. All of the Waco takes place at the Brazos East Course, otherwise known as the Beast. So just in case you guys were unaware, there's no two courses. Not a super easy course. It's not a super difficult course, but... I think it, why I like it so much is there's a lot of, like, really wooded golf, and then there's a lot of kind of, like, park park golf, where it's, like, there's it trees you have to miss. For yeah, sure. But, but it's, like, in the open, but still have trees. So I just like the mixture 
of what's that called scenery and yeah so we will see you guys well nope not really gonna see well we are gonna see you guys next week but we'll talk more about waco next week how's that i think ricky's gonna win cool i dig it you can pick a winner if you want i think paul uliberry's gonna win it Ooh! since this doesn't count for points i'm gonna yeah just just a wild guess mm-hmm. three two one top, top five. five oh yeah so me and Kyle kind of picked this list together, but he knows more about American presidents than I do. So a little bit, these not a lot. Are the top five American presidents who would be good at disc golf, in our opinion. Yes. Um, number five, I picked FDR. Probably, I think I just like his initials. You know, just fun to say. Yeah, he was a, he he was the New Deal guy, so kind of did a lot of a lot of like did the Social Security. And yeah, he's progressive, very progressive, which we all know disc golf is good for society and full of progressive people. So naturally, he would be good at disc golf. See, I I knew I made a good choice. All right. Number four. I went with Bill Clinton. (sighs) William, as some people call him. Allegedly. He's a pretty chill dude, so I think that he probably dragged Hillary or Monica to a disc golf course. Yeah, I mean, disc golf courses are usually in the woods. It's a good place to hide a person that you, not not like a dead body, a live person that you don't want to be caught with. Whoa. (laughs) So naturally, he probably spent a lot of time in the woods. With a Monica Lewinsky. Alive. Very much alive. So alive. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, I was right, thinking, like, hide a person. No, and... yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> what, were you, what were you getting at? <laughs> yep, so he definitely got his disc sucked by Monica Lewinsky, but moving his on. His disc? He got his disc sucked? Oh, did I say that? Or dick? I don't know. <laughs> Probably both. Go back Probably. and tell. I have no I can't tell. Moving on to number three. <laughs> oh, I think more. that's all I have. That's pretty bad. Okay, cool. Um, for number three, I picked Abraham Lincoln because he once had a movie made about him where he was a vampire hunter. And I figured if you can hunt vampires, you got to be pretty damn athletic. So, and he was tall, also, right? I think he was he tall. He was so tall. He was yeah. a super tall motherfucker. He was so lanky. Mm-hmm. He could so have that's, that's always good at disc golf. Yep. Till you know, he had to go to the theater one night and ruin his disc golf career too soon. Yep, it's all about the disc golf career. <laughs> too soon. I don't I, I was trying to think of something funny to say. You know, he also abolished slavery, so that is a pretty progressive thing, right? Yeah. Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> I don't know. I well uh... It was progressive for the time. How's that? It's hard to make. You're you're giving me. These are the things you're giving me to joke about. Death and slavery. I had to do a whole episode with you where you all you did was joke about all the terrible ways you could die on the disc golf course. That's true. Don't start with me. I know, but I'm just saying. 
that's all right. I don't, that's on, like, that's I got, why I'm just. That's why I was, I was just like pausing because like I don't. I didn't know where to go from there. Fair. So we agree. Abraham Lincoln would have been good, mainly because he's tall. Maybe not so much the vampire hunter part. You get to pick this one. Say this one. This is your. This was your ace. Ace in the hole. Yeah, this guy. If he can throw a disc as well as he can dodge shoes, I think he's going to be just fine. George W. Huh. Bush. How do those two? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, George W. Bush, because he looks like he probably was a hippie at some point. Doesn't look acts acts like maybe act ta- speaks and acts and acts like he was pretty stoned the whole time he was in office. And then they try to get him into regular golf while he was the president, and he hated it. So then, as soon as he got out of office, went back to slinging plastic into trees yep got his vice president off of hunting and yeah on i mean if, if dick cheney can throw a plastic as well as he can shoot fellow hunters then he'd probably be pretty good at disc golf too pretty accurate yeah yep is that what he was aiming for allegedly but this isn't vice presidents we're talking about presidents and the number one president who would be good at disc golf would be tell him kyle Teddy Roosevelt. Why Teddy Roosevelt? The outdoorsman president. You can thank him for our national parks and a lot of just wonderful environmental things. Terrible dick of a person. Wonderful outdoorsman who probably would have been a fantastic disc golfer. Yeah. Yeah, but the the whole genocidal Indian thing. And then there was like the whole, you know, Central America and South America thing. but that wouldn't have stopped him from being good at disc golf, is what we're True getting story. at. And I was also told earlier, before we started recording, that they named the teddy bear after him. Is Nailed that right? It. Or did you just make that up to make me look Pretty like Pretty sure it's real. Okay, cool. Could right. be an urban legend, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> those are our top five American presidents who would be good at disc golf. If you think there's someone out there who's better, let us know. You got I tried president. to pick George Washington because of his wooden teeth, and then I was told that was a lie, and they're actually made out of ivory. So Wood would be really painful. I, I feel like ivory would be pretty painful, too. Honestly, anything besides like what they have going on now would be just super painful. I don't, I don't understand. I don't <laughs> want to even think about that noise. <laughs> yeah, so that was episode 58, where we talked about where we think the disc golf world would be without the lockdowns. We talked a little bit about the Memorial Championship and the upcoming Waco tournament, and we gave you our top five American presidents who would be good at disc golf. And I did it all, being really jacked up on caffeine. Too much coffee. Far too much coffee. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Again, if you could review, subscribe, whatever you're listening on, please do it real quick. Just if you made it this far in the episode, you either hate listening to us, which is weird, Kind of cool at the same time. I mean, I dig it either way. But (laughs) either way, please leave a review. Oh no, 20 at Friction Gloves. Oh no, 10 at Disc Baron. Don't forget, oh no, at Teespring for free shipping. Nailed it. Good job, Eric. Good job, Scott, Kyle, and the listeners. And we will see you guys next week. And we'll catch you on the flip side.